We don't good. have to do it in two parts if we can cover it well. Okay. Well enough to our satisfaction. <clears throat> we're, we're not trying to um, document the whole thing. It's been documented. Just about every podcast I've listened to have multiple episodes on this one. Oh, really? Yeah. I I started reading up on L. Ron Hubbard. I never actually got past his middle years. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the baby goat? Cute. The thing. Well, we, you cute. said you wanted a picture of her. It was cute. Yeah, I, that's, that's for the. That's this next that's, episode. Okay. Because she's she's our mascot. Okay. I I sent that picture to my kids and they all like, enjoyed it. Did well. they? So, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So. Well, as I say, I still don't think she looked incredibly happy with. <laughs> so you do not this is why never mind <laughs> oh Gunner I, this is a that's a bad place to go I know I'm sorry I'm sorry what was that going to be about no he knew where I was going with it <laughs> and that's all that matters inside joke huh? I'm, I'm gonna get no You're sorry you can't keep a goat happy it wasn't or... that bad okay well, no, it would have been fine. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well. How, okay, so I I studied up on his early life, I told you, but I only got to like the middle of his years. I, I can give a little bit of stuff on that, but... Well, if, if you'll take it to the middle, I can take it from there. Like everyone, if you're in an exit row during this podcast, help other people to the exits. And mm-hmm. then if you are... <laughs> Where are we going with this? I have this no idea. Because there are, he's going to take off and he's going to land in the Stewards. All right. Oh, okay. Okay, well, okay, okay, yeah. your, your exit consists of the off button on the device you're listening to this. You may want to turn off during this part. Fast forward 20 seconds. <laughs> Why is it we're taking off their shoes, guys? Because Nathan did it. Okay. I have to follow I what Nathan did. Refuse to conform. Thank Nathan, you. Are you, Thank when you. you take off your pants, my pants will fall off too. That's so tempting. <laughs> Don does not think so. Welcome to another episode of Mom, I Joined a Cult, the only podcast about cults by an actual cult. Listen as we examine other cults, discuss what they did right and what they did wrong, and then build our own cult from the ground up. And now your hosts, Gunner, Don, Thor, and Nathan. I want to give a little disclaimer before we start. Okay. If you believe in Scientology, don't listen to this. Okay? You don't need to. We're not going to give you anything that you can't get anywhere else. I don't know. No, what do you if you believe in Scientology, don't, if you don't be, like, if you believe in Scientology, you should listen to this. No, no. This is. It's not going to give you any new information, but maybe new perspective. Okay. And don't yeah. sue us. Think of us you're... like the brother. Think of us like the brother that's a real asshole that just always makes fun of you, but they they still love you. We still love you. We're like just a big asshole brother. Yeah. <laughs> but you have four brothers. Yeah. Uh, Today we're going to cover the Church of Scientology. Yeah. Um, it was very PC. And its founder, yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. What does the L stand for, guys? Lafayette. Yes, Lafayette. Lafayette. Ronald Hubbard. I have to say, is he, that's a pretty cool name. That is. That why, is a good name. Why would he go by L instead of Lafayette? That is, mm-hmm. That's a better name. I don't know. It is a good name, but I'm, I take issue with going by L. Ron because it sounds too much like uh, Lord of the Rings character, you know, L. L. Ron. Yeah. I got to know him through his science fiction. 
especially in junior high, high school, I read a lot of science fiction, and I had a lot of friends who read a lot of science fiction too. And there was particular uh, one of my friends really loved L. Ron Hubbard. Remember him, Nathan? Yes, I do. <laughs> did, did he do Battlefield Earth? Or he did. Yeah. Oh. He wrote, Battle, wrote Battlefield Earth. He wrote Battlefield Earth. He also wrote uh, Mission Earth series. It's like a ten volume. Uh, heard about this? It large, yeah, about uh, aliens. Uh, messing with Earth and stuff like that. So I read the Battlefield Earth, and it was okay. Uh, I read the first Mission Earth, and it was kind of okay. Um, as I said, I had a friend who really loved his stuff. I had a harder time with it because, from from my perspective, his heroes were all supermen. You know, they mm-hmm. they could do no wrong. They did everything right. They always made the right decision. They were much. They were a lot like Ronaldo. Okay, uh, <laughs> well, but you, but not in the wink wink way. It was like he was serious. <laughs> don't you write characters like main characters the way you want to be? Possibly, mm, possibly. Maybe. Yeah, I've Do heard you? that. I I I've heard that too. I I really think that a lot of his stuff was well. He was he did a lot of stuff back in the Pulp Fiction days. You know, and all his heroes were just kind of larger than life. But I, it, it feels like that to me. He's trying to show a Superman in his literature. Okay, so Mission Earth, the first book starts out from the perspective of the villain, okay, of the series. I sympathize more with the villain in the story than the hero. He came across as such an arrogant SOB. I, okay, so for here, here's one instance, okay? So he is like the best at this particular game where there's like throwing discs and something else like that. It, it reminded me a little bit of like a game in one of the... Uh, and remember the like the speed bikes that go... Wing, the oh, Tron, Tron. To Tron, yeah. yeah. Like a Tron with the discs kind of... It's mm-hmm. something like that anyway. So the hero of the story is there and he's fighting with this guy and he's obviously better and he's winning and and at the very last minute he steps out of bounds so the other guy wins and the the villain of the story the guy the narrator is like why in the heck would he do that and everyone's cheering and talking about how great this guy is and he's like oh uh the his opponent's girlfriend was in the audience and so he didn't want to have him lose in front of her what (laughs) if you want to bolster a guy up Make it look like he wins for real, not just like, oh, I'm going to eat. Yeah. This is in the bag. I'll no, just step out of the That bounds. doesn't make the other guy look good. In fact, it makes him look worse. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's like, it's like, that's not a true hero. That's an ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you really want that guy to look good, make him look good, you know? Yeah. From what I read of his fiction, the characters are really shallow in their reasoning, like they're the reason why they're doing things, it just seems really surface. Mm-hmm. So you're saying Battlefield Earth was the like the best book that he wrote? <laughs> Which I didn't care for. Uh, well, oh, so you read <laughs> Battlefield Earth too? I read part of it, and I just, I'm yeah. like, uh... Besides uh, Dianetics, it's his best known Yeah. Work. Have you guys seen the movie? I have, and it was so yeah. bad, too. It is yeah. a... John Travolta. Switch. But John Travolta is also... <laughs> it's the worst. Scientologist, right? Yeah. yeah. Forrest Whitaker is in there. Who, yeah. Who's Forrest Whitaker? Who's Forrest Whitaker? The guy that looks like he drank Robitussin daytime and nighttime at the same time. 
I only know what that one in your pocket for. That's a good one. I only know what that feels like. It's like one eye that's going away. You know, <laughs> one eye that's active and one eye that's sleepy. That was good. That was good. Uh, Anyway, I think I've talked to you about him in this podcast before, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he really, uh, really, from a literary, literary standpoint, is he uh, started this L. Ron Hubbard Writers Award contest, and this contest has gone on after his death, and it is like the premier short uh, showcase for new talent in sci-fi fantasy. People who get published in this and it's like free to enter you get like five thousand bucks uh, if you win but you get the rights you, you don't give up the rights to your story first of all and it's such a good springboard a large percentage of successful science fiction fantasy writers have got their start writing and winning this contest wow. so so it's a good legacy it is that is a great legacy for him so but that's how i know him and then people would talk about scientology and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i to tell you the truth i don't really know any much about it but don yeah. does well i don't know i've heard a lot of stuff so but i can tell you a little bit about his early life though. yeah i would like to Go know a little bit more about um lafayette lafayette <laughs> so lafayette was born in 1911 in Nebraska, in his early years, he moved to Montana. He and I share a couple things. He was an Eagle Scout, just like me. <laughs> nice. Did his mom also his, get it for him? No. Probably. <laughs> so uh, he was an only child. He eventually went to George Washington University, and he studied engineering. He was a poor student, though. Again, like me. And he never actually finished college. He, he left after his like second year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he went on a cruise to for buried treasure, mm-hmm. basically. He never really came back. Yeah, He had Didn't a lot well. of kind of misadventures or adventures that were, he's always going off and doing something. Do you think those were those were real? Like I know that he touted his his misadventures and different things that he did, but do you think that those were? expanded upon later on in his life oh definitely without a doubt yeah he's he's the kind of person who would embellish yeah Yeah, pretty much every story about himself he did he was a great storyteller but he also did go on some weird do some weird stuff um Mm -hmm. he did and uh, most of it fell through he did meet his first wife at college that he formed a glider club and i assume it's like a gliders like planes and or maybe he, those little squirrels. Sugar glider. They had pets. Anyway, he met a girl there, and they married, had a couple kids. So in the 1930s, he started making his money, uh, at least some money. He was not rich. They were living hand to mouth a lot, but he was writing Pulp Fiction. The magazines that were coming out, amazing stories and this and that. He actually knew Heinlein, Asimov. He knew some of these literary geniuses, the what's known as the fathers of modern science fiction. So, yeah. And later on, he went to Alaska and stuff like that, but the boat broke down, and so he stayed up there for a couple months. He lived in New York for a while. He eventually joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. He got a congressman to sponsor him, or at least the congressman supposedly gave him a letter 
uh, from a accommodation. Yeah, a letter of accommodation or just a blank space and said, you're a writer, just write what you want. I don't care. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah. he, he got into the Navy. Yeah, he was uh, made a lieutenant junior. He kept like jockeying for a battle uh, mission, but he they would never give him one because like, he, insubordination. First, he was trained for intelligence work, right? Yeah, and the some of the the reports on him was basically you we can't leave him alone. We, mm-hmm. He's untrustworthy on his own, and he's just full of hyperbole, and he talks yeah. a lot, gregarious. And what's hyperbole? Hyperbole. Hyperbole. Yes, thank you. Well, uh, reads I'm going to cut out this. But what is hyperbole? <laughs> uh, that's making exaggerated, grandiose, grandiose statements, statements, and yeah. you know. Yeah, and he talked himself up. He, and it, I'm going to cut this out too. What does that mean? He talked himself up. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about a navy. What is a navy? What is a navy? Is this the color? <laughs> is it the color blue? <laughs> touched by Ronaldo. Stories from around the world of how Ronaldo has touched each one of us in that special way. Okay, so uh, the letter that we got this week is from uh, Sarah Rittenberg from South Dakota. And she writes and she says, I went to Indiana University for my undergraduate. Bloomingdale was a nice city, but it wasn't home and I was getting lonely. One of the things that got me through that first year was my roommate, Sunbee Brighton. Wow, did she get a lot of flack about her name, but Sunbee took it all with grace and good humor. She was such a joy to be around that my homesickness would disappear when she was with me. I wasn't the only one that liked being around her. Ronaldo also spent a lot of time at our dorm. He was very handsome and commanding, and she was beautiful and charming. They really did make the perfect couple. One morning, toward the end of the second semester, I woke up, but Sunbee wasn't there. She didn't show up in the next few days, and I had to call the police. It turned out that no one knew what had happened to her, including her family. I was worried sick, and I barely passed my finals. At the time, I was thinking about being an engineer, and so I decided to use the Occrams? Is it Occrams or Ocrams razor? Occrams. 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 You guys know what that is, right? No. That's, yeah. Well, what is it? Occrams razor is a law that suggests that the easiest solution is probably the truth. Okay. So the easiest solution. Okay. Gotcha. Or okay, the simplest. So the, I decided to use Occrams razor test to figure out what happened. It didn't take me too long to come up with the answer. Aliens had abducted her. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Ronaldo looked a little uneasy when I told him that I figured out what happened, but he grinned at me when I told him about the aliens. He told me that I was only half right. He informed me that it wasn't an abduction, but a tour around the galaxy. He said that Sunbee couldn't pass up the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that she, and that she would be back in about 40 years with wondrous stories to tell uh, and new alien tech to impart on the human race. It's been about 20 years since then, but I still think about her and the exciting life she's leading. I can't wait for her glorious return. I also think about how lucky she was to be involved with someone as impressive as Ronaldo. I mean, it's not just anyone who can set up a tour with an alien race. With fond memories, Acolyte Sarah. 
I wanted to go on that trip. Yeah. I I can't help but think while I was reading that story, uh, reading that that letter about our dad, Eric. Remember Eric? We used to watch Close Encounters the third time. We watched it about a dozen times, and every time in that movie, Eric would always say, "My my dad." He would always say. Man, I wish I was on that alien craft. I wish I was out there with the aliens learning their language and their culture. Yeah. He, he was like, that be like my dream. And you know what I think? I think that he should have been a little bit better friends with Ronaldo. And he would have got that chance. You know, this, this could be our chance to actually get him a little more acquainted with him. I think that possibly we should go over there and abduct him. And <laughs> bring him to the nice cult. We can't give him a tour around the galaxy, but a tour Not around yet. the city. I'm just wondering, can can dead Ronaldo still contact aliens? Well, I don't know if he's dead. Oh, we don't. He's we, just missing. Well, he's just not missing from our hearts. Okay. But not missing like Sunbeam missing, right? Yeah. I When I hear that story, I help, can't help but wonder, were Ronaldo and Sunbeam doing it? I It doesn't say. You it mean like they, in a sexual nature? In a spiritual nature. Oh, okay. Spiritual. Oh, okay. I, it, you get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> All I know is that... <laughs> Sarah's when I thing. say doing it, I don't mean sex. Oh, means, you mean just dancing. Dancing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Getting down. Getting down. You know Ronaldo loves yeah. to dance. He is a dancer. He also loves to get down. Yeah. <laughs> and dance. Yeah, I love uh, doing it with Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think this, is, this all went turned a different way, guys. I, I thought that I, I was the bad one here. <laughs> Thanks, Don. <laughs> So, yeah, and basically, yeah, the the report came back. He can't be alone in command. It was basically like he seems to think he can do anything well. One time he finally got command of a vessel, and wasn't it like up around Alaska? He thought he saw a submarine on the sonar. Five hours into the maiden voyage, uh-huh. he has discovered an enemy submarine. Yeah, and, and he, he spends about yeah he spends about forty eight hours trying engaged engaged <laughs> trying to fight it off until they finally call him back. Yeah, yeah they're like, "There's no submarine there." <laughs> he like fired at like a coral or something. Yeah, it was some magnetic disturbance, you know. Anyway, but the crazy thing was is that he brought his ship down into. Mexican territory and started firing on some of the islands there that were inhabited. He thought he was still in American territory and that they were uninhabited. And it's just like, how were, were you not looking at the charts? I don't know how that mix up happened. Anyway, they yanked him. That was his, his second command. They yanked him. And yeah, he never was in charge of anything like that again. Wow, so this guy, really a blowhard to the core. Like, he, he just did not know. He talked a good game, but he couldn't. He couldn't deliver. He talked a good game. Asimov, in his autobiography, talks about listening to him spellbound, as he just was just verbose and just could sit there and entertain for hours and hours and just tell story after story and just like wow, you know. Unlike us, as we struggle to find words, he was he was quite good at it. In fact, he's known as one of the most prolific writers around. But that doesn't mean necessarily that he's a good writer. 
He's got no. more. He's got more words in print. Yes. Than anyone else, but we're gonna take this out. What does prolific mean? <laughs> <laughs> does that is that the word that means he sleeps around? <laughs> no. Uh, no. So he 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 just wrote a lot. Well, at the time, it was uh, one cent a word is what you were getting in the magazines, oh. and so you really had to write a lot. So I did like a Moby Dick thing where. <laughs> Half of it's story and the rest of it's not. Yeah, for for Scientology, he wrote manuals, classes even, for his Sea Org to teach them Scientology, to teach them different levels. Up, so, apart from Scientology, it. though, was is he considered a fantastic author? No. He's, he's, a good he's considered respected, middle of the road. Yeah, respected good, good. Author. yeah respected. Yeah. He, Some of his stuff was pretty, you know, like mainstream. Like, yeah, he wrote in all genres. I, I concentrate on the sci-fi because that's what I know. But yeah, he wrote westerns. He wrote other stuff like that. So after after the Navy, after the war, he uh, went to California and got involved with uh, Jack Parsons. This is, I think, it's like, what the heck was going on here? So he stole Jack's girl and then he stole his boat. <laughs> So Jack, I, this is really that's a really simplistic way so of saying it. Jack but. was a cere- ceremonial magician, so he was kind of enamored by his uh, his skills in ceremonial. What's a, hold on a second, I'm taking this out. What's uh-huh. a ceremonial magician? <laughs> that that's great. Like, what is what is that? Yeah, so he do ceremonies and stuff like that. In fact, they were involved in uh, some sort of sexual ceremony to call forth. Uh, elemental. You, is this true? <laughs> yes, this is totally yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> so far, I'm totally in on this. I would do this tonight if someone asked is me. This, is this part of Scientology? Because if it is, sign me up, baby. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And it, it's to say, it's an evolved story. But eventually, he ends up with this guy's girlfriend and his money. In the form of a yacht that he decides to take on a world cruise. Take that on as a lesson. Know. If you're a ceremonial magician and someone saddles up to you and starts taking your <laughs> secrets, that they may end up with your boat and girlfriend. That's Did he win them in a bet or just stole them? No, it was his animal magnetism. <laughs> he, he could talk a good game, it sounds like. Because he could. Wow. <laughs> He's someone you want on your side. Uh, yeah. So... Anyway, that's all I wrote down. I, yeah. I did read a little bit for it. It was after oh, this he yeah. went into yeah. what Florida, and then this is when he actually wrote the, yeah. his his big the book, Dianetics. the Dianetics. Yeah. Before before that, I don't know if you covered this in your notes, but what he would talk about in his experience in the Navy was he basically saved the world from com like a mm-hmm. the communist you know, invasion yeah. communist invasion or the the not communist but the, the, the Japanese the Japanese yeah. and the uh, and Germans uh-huh. and mm-hmm. he played a huge role I mean the way he talked about his stuff all of his experience as a kid afterward was like totally fictionalized and like he was a hero of his story for sure all we can mm-hmm. go by is the naval reports so, <laughs> the Naval's reports uh, don't paint that picture. Yeah, but wait, what did they say? Well, I, like he, he, was, he, he was out uh, bombing a magnetic reef and <laughs> he fighting it for 48 hours. I mean, you know, he was shooting at Mexican territory. I mean, the guy was not good to be in charge. They he basically, had a great imagination. They yanked him out of command twice, okay? So, 
You know, what more can you say? Did he leave uh, after World War II was over? He, he still loved sailing, but yeah, he okay. left the Navy. Yeah, he, he had his own little fleet. Yeah, and that played a big role in the early Dianetics slash Scientology movement. He, he had some practices, and I don't remember exactly what it was that certain countries that found offensive or illegal within their territories, but because of that, he took his group out to sea. He bought some vessels, and he took them out to sea, and and probably good for trained them out reasons. there. Probably, but there were there were some other things he was trying to get around <clears> to. <throat> yeah, so he had this near death. He's at least he claims a near death experience at the dentist while they were he was being injected with something, and he claims that he was like dead for eight minutes or something else like that. He came out with this idea for a book, and the book was called Excalibur, and this was it never got published. But it was basically kind of an early form of the Dianetics idea, some of it. So this was before the war, and then after the war, he wrote Dianetics, which mm-hmm. did quite well. It cured, he could cure ulcers, arthritis, asthma, uh, apathies, manics, depressives, perverts, stuttering, and neuroses. I have like three of those things. <laughs> what if you have all of that and so forth? I mean, just, I, just I, about everything. Is, you're worse than me. I only have two and a half. <laughs> yeah. um, but but back to his his yacht group. So uh, he took the he took his group out to sea to teach them, and he called that group the Sea Org. Really heavily disciplined, just like you know, uh, inspired by the Navy. And uh, if you know people worked hard, they scrubbed the decks. They um, they they like gathered around and li- listened in rapt attention as he gave his 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 sermons and so forth. So so did this was this before this was with Scientology though. This was right? with Scientology. Yeah. So okay. this was after oh, Dianetics. Okay. No, this was no, after no, no. Dianetics. So yeah. we're right now we're going on Dianetics. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. What is Dianetics? It, it's a it's a book. Is it a, a health book? I have read the book. I read the book. Oh, yeah? yeah, I read what, it when I was in like eleventh grade. It's super hard to get to. Get through. I can't say I read it all, but it's kind of like a positive thinking. Um, uh, your own, you're in your own. You, you are the p- person limiting your own. Uh, uh, not reach. What is it called? You're you're in the way of you're your success. Your you are limiting yourself, and then if you could. Face those things. This is this is from eleventh grade. But if you could face those things um, in you and overcome them, then and then put together and know know what your goal is in life. Once you have that, which is totally true, you could achieve these things. And but he took it not only as personal success, but also disease that you could overcome. A lot of diseases were because of mental mm-hmm. breakdown and. And inconsistencies in what you believe and what you do. And the Wikipedia says that Dianetics is the hidden source of all psychosomatic ills and human aberration. What a, he used big words a lot. Yeah. Like, he, he I'm going to take more. this out, but what does aberration mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> something that's not normal. <laughs> I think he's right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that your mind can heal you from certain things. Not everything. Right, like just, just cancer and stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think no, that it, I your can mind help. can help with a, a lot of things. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and can mm-hmm. actually do, do so much more than we, we give it credit for. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't think that it's the cure. I'm not going to grow my arm back just because I think about it. That's limiting yourself. Have you tried it? You haven't even tried it. Gunner figured out what Dianetics is. Now I don't have to feel clueless whenever someone says, oh, Dianetics. Yeah. This book really took off, though. So he wrote this book, the Dianetics book. Mm -hmm. And then how did the Scientology come into play and where? Um, he, actually, there was like a little bit before that that I didn't read before. Oh, but please. Yeah, there, there were kidnappings. I, d- does anyone remember? Okay, so that? yeah, this is his second wife. So what happened, things started going south in the marriage and that you're talking about. And he basically, mm-hmm. they had one daughter. He took both of them, forced them down to California and trying to find a doctor to mm-hmm. commit her to a, mes- a mental institution. Mm-hmm. And... She, uh, he couldn't find a doctor that would do it. And so he took the daughter to Cuba. Eventually she got her, her kid back, but she was spouting off on what a a idiot, we'll say idiot he was. And she kind of retracted that. No, I I exaggerated everything. Where's my daughter? Here it says she suffered sleep deprivation, beatings, strangulation, uh, kidnapping, and exhortations to commit suicide. This is just a parenting style issue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some people some people raise their kids a little bit differently you just got to give them leeway if you yeah. like have to go to another country to try to get someone committed and then you take the child and bring it i think there's just something right there that says i don't know if she's the problem or if he is well she did leave her boyfriend and go right with him and steal their boyfriend's her boyfriend's money yeah, maybe so, they right. both are the problem they both are the problem i think that was after dying Dianetics, though that yeah. yeah yeah he was but he was making a lot of money with Dianetics and they started forming chapter houses people would send 500 bucks to get special course treatment and stuff like that and uh, evidently he was not a very good accountant he was a better writer than an accountant and he would just like take money and and walk off with it in the business, and eventually the business started going downhill. And what well, it went for a file for bankruptcy, or someone bought him out, uh, right? I don't remember. But I think that's why he started doing Scientology was because he uh-huh. no longer actually owned the rights to Dianetics. So what is Scientology? It's based on the premise that people are, you know, eternal. This is a good start to a religion. That we're all. We're all Thetans. We're all um, Thetans. Thetans. Is this a word that he created? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're we're billion-year-old, multi-billion-year-old alien creatures that came from another planet. So I thought that um, we are just vessels, and then inhabiting us are these Thetans that are getting in the way of our progression. Well, what Nathan? I, no. I feel like you know an awful no, lot about that's... this. Is there something you're not telling us? <laughs> I, so what level are you at? at? <laughs> Let's just what say I'm clear. <laughs> no, I'm just okay, so a Thetan we ought to talk about is an clear. invisible part of the human being, is. similar in the concept of a solar spirit and other religions that exists, whether or not it is currently operated by a human body. Scientologists believe Thetans are trillions of years old, having been reborn repeatedly in various earthly bodies they are responsible for the existence of the material world that they willed into being according to dianetics so it's it's really anyone's there were some that were like cast out of i can't remember what planet by xenu and uh like landed in volcanoes they put them in volcanoes and then hit the volcanoes with 
hydrogen bombs yeah. to get rid of them. But and and they they flew them to Earth on on planes that look just like seven forty sevens. Like the, it's just like it just so happens to be at the time. Oh, yeah. a hydrogen bomb! That's what they used here. And and he did say they they came on planes just like the ones we have in the sky today. Like, <laughs> Through why, space. <laughs> why would you need a B fifty two or? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was not like even a bomber, jet, right? Not even yeah. a jet engine. It's uh, go through space. Like it doesn't need to be as aerodynamic. But anyway, so so Zenu. Xenu was the dictator of the Galactic Confederacy, um, who brought billions of people to Earth and massacred them with hydrogen bombs 75 trillion years ago. Yes, Earth is 75 trillion years old, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That, that seems to... Hmm. Okay. Wow, he went totally in the opposite direction. Like, <laughs> normally everyone's like, like oh, it's oh, only 6,000 6, years yeah. old. And he's like, no, 70 trillion years trillion. old. Yeah, the slaughter. Any yeah. bad guy with a Z... That starts in the last name. <laughs> that just st- screams sci-fi all over well, it's, it. It's it an screams. X. Is it sci? Is it is an it, X? It's Xenu with an X. Oh. <laughs> is it, is it really? Is it it's an with an X. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's Nathan. Nathan is scaring me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Were you? Did you like take some courses in this? I'm not gonna say. Let's just say no. I I haven't. But I've but I've been fascinated with it for. For a while, okay. Okay. Anyone with a Z or an X (laughs) that's a bad guy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those ones that are tormenting us in in flesh are called body thetans. Those are are the ones that that are the equivalent of, like, the, the demons and stuff that, okay. that tempt you and make, make you do thing. things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, why can't why can't the bad guy be called Bob? <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, maybe like, Zenu is the equivalent of Bob on that planet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So there were lots of Zenus around. Um, so anyway, so Hubbard taught that people are they can't come from all of this this heritage and they've forgotten everything, and the only reason that they can't break through or, or remember, you know, is because they're burdened by, like, their emotions, right? Which they they called... Yeah, engrams... Uh, so you have to clear the engrams. Yeah, it's a process by which memories are claimed to be recorded in the brain. It's described as a mental picture recording of an experience that contained pain of some kind. If you've, if you've had pain or you've you've been angry or something like that, then you've got an engram and you've got to get rid of it before you can go clear. And going clear is the object of this existence to get rid of all your engrams through uh, a process called what, auditing. Have you seen that auditing process? He has, it's called an e-meter, right? That, yeah. That, that device. It's like a lie detector, except you put your hands on a, on a cylinder, on a, like a coil of wires or something like that, a metal cylinder, and it, the, the current like passes through you, through your brain, into the other hand, and then the person who's auditing you, who's asking you all these questions... Um, reads the the meter to see if after asking your quest or after you reply to a question if it created some kind of reaction. Once once they've detected that, then you have to like like repeat that that experience over and over and over again in your mind until it no longer creates that. Movement so they're needle. teaching you how to pass a light detector test. I guess. You know, it's, it's I don't know. 
I can see some uh, validity in this. I, it's, I know that with a lot of trauma, supposedly the best thing to do is to immediately start talking about it. Do not bottle up. Just start talking about that trauma. That's It's really good for PTSD yeah. and stuff like that. Well, yeah, you have to process your emotions. You, you've got to go through it, yeah. Well, these auditors would, I mean, they're not psychologists. They're just mm-hmm. people who have taken auditing Who've course. taken the course. Yeah. So that you have an unlicensed person sitting across from you looking at the reader, the mm-hmm. e-reader, and going through a script. Like, okay, tell me about this mm-hmm. part of your life. What was your first memory? Yeah. And trying to find those things that produce a reaction. When did this get introduced? Was it right at the very beginning? Or is this something what, that he all of a sudden described like, in hey, Dianetics? I don't think I, it was. I, I think, think this, this was is after. part of Scientology. Yeah, is yeah, advanced. I think, yeah. I, that's the impression I get. I'm not sure. Supposedly Dynex is more promises than what to do. I hate to tell you this. It's like rich dad, poor dad kind of thing. You know, where it's a whole bunch of hype. But there's no actual nitty gritty. This is what you yeah, need to do. Prescriptive. It's like going to Trump University. Exactly. Yeah. A whole lot of hype. <laughs> Not a lot of substance. Not a lot of substance. Do you know if this was introduced right at the very beginning, or is it something like later on? I, it's like, hey, this is something where we can make more money. <laughs> From Leia Remini's documentaries, it seemed like this was formed while he was. I think he experimented on on his his wife. Which um, one? Uh, his second wife or third? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just over time, he he developed this device and perfected it. And um, they're expensive. They're like five thousand dollars each if you want to buy one. And can you just buy one? If you well, I'm not sure if you can just buy one. Although you might find one find one on on eBay. I used one. That could be interesting. But, uh, not $5,000. Interesting, okay. though. Yeah. If, if you're in the Sea Org and you've been trained as an auditor, then you have to buy one. Uh, Stan, yes, you're right. They're not, uh, per, you know, they're not a professional psychologist, but they, they could probably can help. Some of this probably can actually help. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I think it, you know. it possibly can. One controversy is that they record these. These yeah. sessions. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. So you've got people's confessions, you've got all of their tra- life's trauma, things that you can use against them if they leave. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they have on John Travolta and, and Tom Cruise. Oh. I bet you no. Tom Cruise loves it. <laughs> I, I'm, we're going to go off on Tom Cruise again okay. for a moment, okay? He loves this because they they treat him like he is a god. Yeah. Like, honestly, he's not going to leave. They treat him like they give him. They found him a wife. They found him a woman that is like that is going to treat him the way that he wants to be treated. Mm-hmm. They were fine trying. They were searching to find people for him as soon as and Nicole Kidman left. Maybe we'll talk about that later. No, I'm, offer that service. No, I'm just saying like, that's, that's something. But honestly, like, about that. John Travolta is a little more quiet about it. I'll bet you he's probably not as into it, but he's not going to leave because... They have the dirt on him, yeah, they too. They got the dirt on him. and But Tom, like, so what? He's gay or he sleeps with men, too? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't matter anymore. Are they, you making accusation? No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know I don't where care. you've got this information, but I think 
it's something like the Inquirer or Sun magazine. No, 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 no. It was um, it right was next South to Park. South Park got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm getting my information from. No, that's not what it is. I don't know. I don't know I've what they have I've on Tom Cruise. It doesn't like to me. That's not a big thing, and it's probably not a huge thing for him either. The thing that's the most is the what they give to him and the publicity and the, mm. his stature. Because if you bring, if you're a, if you're a celebrity, they treat you really well. I heard that he had. Mm-hmm. They were talking to him about like his fantasies, and one of them was, "I want to meet my wife on a, like, run through a field of of daisies and then meet her in the middle and embrace and spin around and and so they planted a field of daisies for him to <laughs> actually enact that." <laughs> vision that he had oh wow who wouldn't want to stay right. in that totally like yeah. honestly you could run through that field anytime you wanted no wonder he's <laughs> jumping on the couch with oprah <laughs> look at what they're giving him <laughs> of course you're happy <clears throat> so celebrities got vip treatment like all of them but especially the men the women got not given the same status we'll just put it that way this is <clears throat> early on or is this oh this is now are we into now? Sorry, we jumped ahead well, there for well, a second. Well, yeah, now, now I, I don't... So I don't know the progression in time of how it evolved or devolved, except that... Miscavige. David Miscavige uh, took over after L. Ron Hubbard died. But before L. Ron Hubbard died, did it have the stigma that it has today? Yeah, it kind of does. Uh I, I know that, like, toward the end of Dianetics, there was some fallout and people were walking away from it and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's always been controversy. Right. They, oh, they sure. created a special org to deal with that, um, kind of a secret police. They called the Office of Special Affairs. Um, and they're the ones that uh, listen to everyone's podcasts and and say well no they, they, that's they, what we mostly need, mostly they follow the people who are considered uh, fair game uh who the people who've left basically who who know too much and they're going around spreading mischief and they threaten to sue them they um just threaten them in, in various ways i saw an interview they were interviewing about like ex-members and there was a guy, like, they were interviewing at that moment, and there was a person outside of the building that's just kind of looking around like they were... But they were... Find, come to find out that person had been following them. And then uh, that person later on switched over to, like, against uh, Scientology, and they were interviewing years later, interviewing that person who was you know, like, "Yeah, I was following you. I was under instructions to collect information, and you know, basically, it was a private eye for Scientology." Mm-hmm. I mean, they they're ruthless. They yeah. we need to maybe after this, we need to just watch out for people following us. I know. Just look in your <laughs> rearview mirror. Everybody on the highway, any one of them could be. <laughs> They're going to be super bored. <laughs> like, they seriously are. <laughs> What's up with this guy and his goats? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a question. It's like, this sounds all great and all, but how did L. Ron Hubbard, dis- Lafayette, sorry, how did Lafayette discover this? Oh, discover. Is it because he cleared himself and he remembered everything from before or or oh, what was yeah, his I explanation? Think, I think it was something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I can't remember the the um, the timeline of that. He's very good at clearing. I know he did say he was talking about was it business, and he goes, "If you really want to make money, you need to get into you need to start your own religion." Yeah. He actually said yeah. that earlier in his uh, career, and then made it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember hearing that. I wish I were the person that was sitting there clearing him, being like, all right, tell me about childhood. Tell me what other things you've lied about. Mm. <laughs> You're a whole lot clearer now. <laughs> so this institution that he's created, how do they get their money? Is there a tithe? It's part of their, their ascension. Do, they, do you need to give up your wealth? So Elron Hubbard created a bunch of courses People are required to read and then pass some kind of, I don't know if it's an exam or whatever, to become an operating Thetan, OT. And there are at least eight levels of OT that you have to overcome. And you start out with like how to improve your communication, how to improve your relationships and things like that, that cost you like $40, $60 a course. And, but as you get up in the higher OTs, their courses start costing thousands of dollars. They have a couple billion. They probably had up to 100 billion at a time. I don't know, maybe 50 billion at a time. So they're not poor. They've got some large buildings in like in, in LA downtown. They have a. It's a place in Florida where they kind of own the town. Like yeah. the people on the city council are members, and he can just get done what he needs to get done. He wants a building taken down or he wants something to happen it just happens when mm-hmm. you say he well this is the that, new no. the leader a- no, after Elron Hubbard yeah. David Miskovich do they also have to pay for every time they get cleared or re- oh, for auditing? auditing yeah I think there's an auditing fee too every time they need is to there a requirement auditing comes when you are when you offend someone or you you break a rule then people will tell on you um, I don't remember what they call it tattling <laughs> informant. Okay. Oh yeah, informant. That's common in most cults. Yeah. So so when somebody like informs on you, then you are brought before an auditor and you have to like tell them what happened and and then you go through the auditing session and if you're uh, in one of the higher orgs like the Sea Org or something like that, depending on the the severity of it, you can be punished. People in the Sea Org are usually young. What? I'm sorry. You need to be punished by watching that movie, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Actually, it's worse. They have like actual like prison sentences and things like oh, that. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. years. If you're not married and you commit like any kind of um, sexual interaction with 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 someone else, mm-hmm. you can be sentenced to two years of cleaning, basically being uh, a janitorial service and. Called free labor, right there. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's kinda. what they're getting. They're getting. Uh, we get all of our stuff, our buildings cleaned for free. Probably most people in Scientology would not call themselves a member of a cult. For you, what is it that clicks that this is a cult I, button? I think just general people in Scientology. They they pay through their courses to try to become OT and so forth. But the the cult inside the religion is the Sea Org. Uh, the Sea Org has such high expectations of its members. When you enter, they do the love bombing thing, which is 
cult thing where they they what's they a talk, love bombing? Is it like tea bagging or something? <laughs> no, that. <laughs> but with love, Thor's face is. Oh my hell! But it's 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 potato Sorry, sacking. We were. <laughs> <laughs> we were going through this sexual, the sexual guy that did the the magician, the sexual magician thing. Okay, sorry that I said something more specific. For. Oh my heck! Sorry. <laughs> Most cults do this for new members. They treat them like they're special. That that God needs them to Show perform the love. work. Yeah, give them yeah. love. Let them know they're special, and that if they continue on this course, they will be. You know, exalted or whatever. So people in the Sea Org get that up front, and then they they put them through kind of a boot camp, and during that time they're like treated like trash, and then they're forced to sign a trillion year contract because you know their your souls are a trillion year old, years old. Um, what was the contract before though? I don't know specifically, but it is a contract that you're basically endangered servant to them. Yeah. For a trillion years. Yeah, you can't leave the Sea Org. So what happens when they're like, hey, this guy is that guy that signed that thing and passed away. He has to now honor that. <laughs> like, how are they going to get them to do that? Well, so when you're in the Sea Org, you do the same, the same cl- uh, courses that everybody else does. Mm. And you, inc- you occur a kind of a debt, but you don't have to pay it as long as you're in the Sea Org. And if you leave, then they... Then they, they collect. They collect, and you, and you can be on the hook for thousands of dollars. And they call that a freeloader debt because you're considered a freeloader if you're in the Sea Org, donating your your whole life to the cause, but you don't, you know. That's illegal. Yeah, yeah. That is be. illegal because that's that's uh, that's slavery, right? Mm. Because they're saying that they're not paying you. No, no, they do. No. They do pay you though. But then but you they owe pay them. you like fifty bucks a week. Because they're they're saying, well, we're That's also giving labor. you, yeah. we're giving you a place to, we're giving yeah. you food and you a place food to eat, and lodging, and so what else do you need? Right, and, and you can just no, buy. And it's enough it's to buy toiletries, slave. basically. That's yeah. slave labor. Yeah, you're not going to convince me otherwise. Like, that's... well, the law might not take it that way. I mean, it might not be, it might not hold up in court. I think it is controversial. It is controversial. Yeah, yeah. But, I just yeah, want to know which judge is allowing that. I don't know, but I mean, the organization has been going on for a while, so mm-hmm. they obviously have, there's some way that they're able to get away with it. Yeah. There have been interesting, I mean, like, the disappearance of... David Meskovich. De- David Meskovich's wife? wife. That's been covered up, and police have gone to uh, investigate, and without giving any proof, they said, oh, yeah, we talked to her, and she's fine. We don't know if they were bribed. Or something. If they're members this, of the, the, members of the these are all people that live in that town. That's completely a Scientologist town. We don't know, but they did, well, they didn't offer any proof. Not, nothing uh, satisfactory. According that. to South Park, reputable source here. Reputable source. Yeah. So when people join the Sea Org, they can start really young, like 13 years old, and. They have expectations on the new recruits as if they are trillion-year-old beings, not as if they're children. Uh, so they'll send them out to, you know, go to different locations, take a plane to L.A. and, and walk the streets at night, this, like, 14, 13-year-old girl, and then go to this Scientology building 
you know, just w- without supervision, without an, anyone. And they just treat them like servants while they're going through that, you know, their initiations and, and probably a good deal into their... So that's the cult is, that that's basically the cult yeah. portion of it. So. Yeah, the, the Sea Org is the cult of the Scientology. The cult in the cult. The cult well, the cult. That, that's the cult, but but also the control that they have yeah. over over its members. So so one of the other things that makes like Scientology as a whole kind of culty yeah. is their policy of disconnection. And that is if somebody leaves, you're not allowed to talk to them anymore. They're labeled a suppressive person. Additionally, you're discouraged from not just listening to suppressive persons, but discouraged from you know, like using the internet in general, getting your, your information from anything other than approved sources. You know, information control. I'm kind of for that in a certain way. Like oh, the really? in, Well, I'm for like the internet. Like there's so much information out there and there's so much false falseness out there. So I mean, only people in your family... Oh, I'm not for all that. I'm just saying, yeah. like, there are certain aspects of it. Just like with any religion, you're not... Or anything, you're going to pull something and be right. like, Well, look at this. Oh, that means this. Uh, what well, It depends on how big your sample size is. It, one, thing's, one thing to have a parent, parental filter... Another thing to say, your only source of information oh, is, I'm not. This, is this church. I think you better just teach kids about critical thinking. Yeah. And then they're going to run into stuff that's false and true mm-hmm. out there. And once they know how to think critically, then then right. they... Critical thinking is dangerous for these, for these cults. Our cult yeah, may be the only cult that is... In fact, that's what we should bring on. That's critical thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, one of their of rules is... If you say something bad about them, they will sue you. And they have mm-hmm. a team of lawyers yeah. ready and willing to sue anyone. L. Ron Hubbard mentioned that as one of the rules in the thing. Like, you, if someone is a suppressive and they say something, sue them. Stop them from doing it by yeah. by uh, threatening lawsuits. Right. It's, com- it's con- considered fair game. That's their term. And fair game means you are immune from repercussions. Of anything you do to that person because it's all in the name of the betterment of humanity well the one weird thing about our hard decisions whatever about scientology is or there's lots of weird things but one weird thing is you if you're doing something wrong if you have something it, it could be one of these body thetans that is causing you to do that so you're not bearing responsibility for your actions it's really these suppressive body things the devil that, made me do the it the devil made me mm-hmm. do it kind of thing so it's like well why are you like that well because i'm in control like these body things are in control of my mind in mm-hmm. some regard i think when you <laughs> spend so much resources and time trying to monitor your own people and and monitor everyone around making sure that they are doing everything absolutely perfect and not just that that they are not you know that if they do anything against the religion to speak out or do anything that they are shut down i think i think when you go that far you're a cult for sure i think it's just wrong anyway whether you're a cult or not it's you have something to hide and you are teaching false doctrine and false false stuff to the point that you have to shut everything down around you a lot of religions will do that and i think most of them do i think that's wrong yeah most of the people in scientology don't know what's what the real story of Scientology is about. Most of them think, yes, they're trying to save the world, and um, that they're learning 
skills to to overcome like certain pains and 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 issues but they don't learn about xenu until ot3 and once you're in ot3 you're already like chained to some um assignment or something like that you're already you've already spent thousands of dollars to get to where you are and up up until then you know it's a you you might as well be christian and in fact they they support christianity up to that point and then after that, it's like, yeah, everything that you believed before, pss, this is the real thing, Zenu. Some of the teachings are like what to do in case of trauma and to mm-hmm. make you not take that on as part of your psyche. They give you some kind of training. And so it was interesting in one of Tom Cruise's interviews, he's like, you know, one thing that happens is when I pass a wreck, you know, I'm the only one there equipped to help that person. Like they may have nurses, they may have other people come in and try to stop the bleeding and that kind of stuff, but I'm the only one that's going to help them with the rest of their life. And so I have to bear that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about that yeah. and how self-important they are when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, They have some weird practices, like even with births. Mm-hmm. Like in when you are, when you are born, Tom Cruise birth. Well, well, when when his kids were born, like you can't because everything that's said during those moments where, like in the first part of your life, you remember remember. and it affects the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. and so they want to do a silent birth, so you don't have any trauma. You know, like your mom screaming or anything like that. Everything needs to be quiet, so you are come into this world in like a peaceful manner. Average members be- below OT3 are discouraged from learning more than the level that they're on. If they learn OT3 before they're ready, they will die. That's what they're told, that they will die in a week. So maybe we should put a disclaimer out. If you, If any of this information has caused trauma and um, because you found out about Xenu, um, you could... Email gunner at thenicecult.com. That's G-U-N-N-A-R. And he will absolve you. At thenicecult.com. Um, this sounds suspiciously um, like The Ring. And <laughs> Maybe The Ring got it from this. I don't know. If Gunner is not available to answer said email... All responsibility is thereby thrown onto Nathan. (laughs) Um, If you want, we can have Ronaldo send you a special blessing that will prevent you from dying from knowledge. In fact, he he will grant a dispensation upon anyone listening to this uh, so you don't suffer from uh, this knowledge. That That sounds good. good. Ronaldo's like that. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, if if you are a former Scientologist or someone who's thinking of leaving, uh, we would encourage you to go to theaftermathfoundation.org. They have resources for people who have left Scientology and are trying to get back to, to life. And if you're not afraid of being sued, we can get you on our program and you can talk about it a yeah. little bit. So, I don't know if I can handle all you guys going into serious mode. I just don't know if I can handle that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, are are we about done, or is it time for the good, the bad, the culty here? I think so. The good, the bad, and the culty, and now we discuss what this week's cult did right 
where they went wrong. Good things about the cult. They have their own navy out there. Yeah. Like it's an actual navy. Like they have yeah. a bunch of ships. They call it Sea Org because although there's a land base, there's also a, a bunch of ships. I I like the idea of of the mind and, and uh, the clean thing, like cleaning mm-hmm. out your mind. And I think that's good. Um, what maybe. if I told you guys about bringing bags into <laughs> this, into my home? This is your bag. And this is your, yeah. No, that's bag not mine. That's, that's Don's bag. That's your nuts. These are good. These are good. I'm not that nuts. I, I like the idea of you cleaning yourself. <laughs> you mean like well, like mentally, clearing, clearing. mentally mentally going through maybe seeing a psychologist. Ment- yeah, me seeing a psychologist. Seeing well, <clears throat> so if you're so talking about physically, my sister does sell soap that she makes. Yeah. So in, in Scientology, though, Scientology. I mean, sociology and psychology are considered like evil. They're they're like one of the worst evils because they're dangerous to Scientology, right? Well, of course they are. And, and also any of those medications, mm-hmm. the the psychiatric medications, yeah. they're super against. Right. And that's why Tom Cruise had that. Blow um, up with that one lady. Blow up with, uh, with Brooke Shields. No, Brooke oh, Shields. Yeah, it was Brooke Shields. Because oh. she was on, she had, she talked about, was it uh, postpartum depression or something like yeah. that. And she's like, you know, this really helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. These These meds really helped me get over that. And he... Uh, he went off on her like he really was against what she was doing and that's why Matt Lauer he was interview, interviewing Matt with Matt Lauer and they had a kind of a fight on hmm. on their program I would fight him too but I agree with him in some ways like the meds I know so I agree with Tom Cruise but I don't agree with what he was saying about Brooke Shields I, I agree what do, you, what do you agree with so this this is what I agree with so I say explore working out in your mind the best you can and then if you still need mm-hmm. assistance get some drugs to help you out get like uh, professional advice get exactly. uh, screened for the kind of drugs that work for you and the kind that don't they're they are financially solvent that's always nice i yeah. wish we were financially solvent we, we, we should like not, make a point to, to have that. Right? We are not in debt. That's just yeah. because Nathan keeps on paying from his own. But we we have generous din, uh, <laughs> donators. We've, we've <laughs> all donated <laughs> our time and energy to this. Yeah, we we need some more T-shirts sold, guys, mm-hmm. so that Nathan can get his money back. I'm <laughs> Nathan is losing money. No, this is a this this is a pleasure, guys. It's a, it's a charity. Yeah, spreading the word of Ronaldo is pleasurable. Bad. Well, the the contract, the trillion year contract, contract. the slavery, the slavery. It's indentured servant or indentured indentured servitude. Didn't he try and take over a town or something? He had to actually leave the states for a while. Anyway, I don't know this story. That's a good thing, though. We should take over a town. (laughs) (laughs) We could start our own town. Bad things. I I don't know. I, I, I kind of like aliens and cults, but I kind of don't like aliens and cults, too. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a 50-50. Well, I wishy-washy kind of. I'm, as part of the backstory, I, you were going to say something. I was going to say, I don't like 
this having the almonds out on the table while we're doing our thing. Uh, I am banning. Did I not just, ban just, those? Just one second, guys. Did I not ban those? Let me have a little moment here to talk about Blue Diamond Almonds Bold Habanero Barbecue Flavor. This it, episode is brought to you by Blue Diamond. It is. And this mm-hmm. is a delicious almond nut habanero barbecue flavor. One that I enjoy so much that I'm eating it during the podcast. So, Just so you know... Uh, Blue Diamond is not a sponsor of the Nice Cult. However, if they do decide to, we will accept their money. That's right. We will not turn it away. I am against any cult, religion, or anything that they don't they don't want you to find out more about them. Mm, I don't know. That can be a good thing too. We could say that Ronaldo has a very specific backstory, but you won't learn it until you get to Circle Three. To a certain level. I don't. No, yeah. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it because it feels like it is. It's like that cliffhanger. It's that thing where it's like, oh, okay, now if I work towards this, then I can learn more. Even if I don't believe, if I don't. Oh, now I get to this point. Oh man, maybe there's something here. It's just. It's a little too contrived, and yeah. it's. You're hiding something and pulling them in and then making trapping. It's a, it's yeah. a cliffhanger. So, it's so a trap. G- Gunner does not like levels. Levels of, of knowledge. Yeah. Levels of knowledge. Mystery, no, I, mystery, I like the mysteries. idea that you, if you want to read about like how it started, please read about how Ronaldo started our, our cult. Um, Ronaldo did it because he knew this was what's right, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so other bad things uh, on this. Um, some of his poor science fiction. Like, honestly, I don't <laughs> I, think he was a good science fiction writer. Middle of the road, guys, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, he, I mean, compared, compared, compared to Robert A. Heinlein or Asimov, he's, or Arthur C. Clarke, he's, he's the listen, lowest of those. And, and it's all based on, like, fiction. And everything written about Ronaldo is 100% true. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I like I'd say 110 percent true. At least. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't like the fact that he kidnapped his kid and tried to commit his uh, second wife to take her down to uh, another country. One bad thing is they follow people, like they oh, sue, yeah. sue people. Mm-hmm. They follow them. They have. They try to destroy their mm-hmm. lives. They, yeah. they limit the information that they can that they can take in. If you leave. They will split up families without a yeah. problem. They'll just say, "Okay, you can't talk to this person, mm-hmm. your dad, that, because he left, and you, like, your dad's been disowned." Yeah. And yeah. then they, in the Sea Org, if you get pregnant and you have other obligations, they'll make you have an abortion. So you that's know, the can... opposite of free choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, you can look online for their list of suppressive persons, SPs. It's really long. I hope that we get on there. The lawsuits. Uh, what do they do? They had a like. They had something where they were no longer going to be a religion because of the way they did things, and then mm-hmm. they had all their members go and file a lawsuit against the government. And there were so many lawsuits, the government just said, "Oh, we're yeah. we're just gonna we're just gonna let this one slide." I think they should have just fought it. No, I don't know. I I I actually. You don't mind that one, yeah? No, I, 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 if the government's saying you can't be a religion or whatever, I'd be fighting that. Well, we, they can't. They shouldn't be a religion for what they do. Yeah, they they sell training, and they they can't. They be taxed really for shouldn't it. be. Okay. Okay. I don't think any religion the, should have tax tax, tax benefits. Tax tax exemptions. No, they should. They should. They should tax them. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like when you use your members in the positions that they are to get what you need from government. And well, they did that. that. Mm-hmm. It was one of the so biggest conspiracies. Um, you don't have a problem they actually, with that? I do. They actually tried to recruit and then put people in high places in government at one mm-hmm. time so that we're going to make key decisions in their favor. Mm-hmm. And they were caught doing it. So, yeah, they really play that game yeah. really well. Building a cult. And now we take from what we learned this week and build our own cult, one belief at a time. How about the culty? What can we bring from that? Yeah. We kind of already talked about that a little bit. Slavery. <laughs> <laughs> After going off of it. There we go. Going off for five minutes on slavery. Why don't we bring that in? Well, so we have the backstory mm-hmm. that we're going to do for yeah. for Ronaldo. Uh-huh. Judiciously. Yeah. Maybe should we have Brian write it? Write it? Or do we want to write if, it? Let's see if he can come up I with think, something I think good. it should be Tales of Ronaldo DiCaprio, not his story, you know, yeah, not his okay. autobiography. But, but yeah, I think we could do some of it, but I have a feeling that uh, depending on how long this podcast goes... Over the years, that backstory is going to fill in one way or another. Well, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna cr- cross different paths that <laughs> are diametrically opposed. <laughs> you, you want something that looks ordered? <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is, let's let it do that. <laughs> okay. Like the when he came up with the nice cult from the, the the very first time when he thought of it was he slipped in the bathroom and hit his head on the tub. <laughs> on the toilet, <laughs> on the toilet. Yeah. and then he he uh, he, he came, came up. up. With a flux yeah, that's no. like, that's what we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> that probably won't make it in the. Uh, <laughs> that won't make it in the canon. No. Yeah, we're talking about having boats, maybe even a ski doo. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing our children away from their spouses. No. We don't want to bring that in. No, that's a bad thing. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> we're debating if that's a bad having, thing or not. <laughs> having our own navy is probably impossible at this stage of the game. Yeah. Well, any well, boats are good though. We can we can start small. Okay, so let's start. Let's start small with a with a canoe. Okay, guys. So, so where we bring in like a skidoo in, you can get the nice Colt skidoo that if you ride it, if you drive it. It will drive you to the nice place in the afterlife. <laughs> you Listen, go. we're going to get a million dollar person that's going to donate, that's going to be like, I have a million dollars. I need to get some nice cult merchandise. I'm going to get a hot air balloon. I'm going to get a doom buggy. I'm going to get a doom buggy. Yeah, I'm going to get myself a sauna. Yeah. And I'm going to have a goat ritual in the sauna. And I'm going to get now a ski that you'll ride the waves to the nice place. I'm just trying to picture or smell a goat ritual in a sauna. That's going to smell mm. bad, probably. It's kind of a higher no. level yeah. uh, sacrament. You no, don't know no about worse that yet, than my Don. hair on the rocks. You know that yeah. we've we've had that burnt hell hair smell for yeah. quite a while. The no goats will be harmed in the ritual. In this ritual. The goat ritual. It's not going to be a sexual ritual either. <laughs> we are just say the goat likes it more than you do. <laughs> That doesn't help. I, I won't tell you. I won't tell you what it involves. <laughs> Brian, uh, when you listen to this, know that we'll be expecting a Ronaldo origin story within the next three weeks. Yeah. Okay. This is your warning. And we'll read it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll read it here on We'll the, read on it online. Read it online. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds good. And today's Magisterium Collecti. What does that even mean? What's... I just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's like, it sounds good. It's like a, like a, it's a, a collection, collection of important uh, magister, you know, in other words, okay. as in kingly, you know, royalty. Yeah, we're Not putting them on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. L. Ron Hubbard is um, is going to be, after I finish saying this, a member of the Nice Cult. Why? Is there a good because reason? Because he, he is prolific in his writings. He dedicated his entire life to bringing science fiction to millions and millions of people. Yeah. Is this good, bad? Uh, I think he deserves... I, uh, recognition. I think he deserves I, recognition for uh, that. The only reason why I say he deserves recognition is because he did what we're striving to do. He yeah. formed a successful cult. One thing I have to admit is uh, he has a yearly uh, short story contest for science fiction fantasy, and it's the biggest contest contest out there. People who win that uh, contest usually go on. To do very well as authors. And he still judges it from beyond the grave. <laughs> from beyond the grave. <laughs> well, L. Ron Hubbard, if you do not accept this, if you want to remove yourself from the nice cult, you're welcome to do it. However, you need to let us know. Contact contact us through through the internet or through yeah, the Ouija you can, board. Yeah, you can email thenicecult.com. We hope you had fun with us as we explored this week's cult. Join our adventure next week as we continue to build our cult one belief at a time. Until then, if you're going to join a cult, join the nice cult. Do 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 do